0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Let's keep this short and sweet like a fun sized candy bar. This is our 2021 Halloween episode. Enjoy the show. Countdown we would have had to. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was saying. saying we should like have the actual, the actual titles of the episodes that we know.
1: Do you think scary. the skin of evil was, he, uh, was scary? <clears throat>
0: Nice. So we've we've done we've successfully landed everyone into the middle of of a new episode.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <exactly. laughs> so let me let me let's let's catch everyone up to speed. Let's start with welcome to Let's Talk About Sharks, everyone. This is Jack Dorino, and I'm with my buddy Earl Grey. And today we wanted to talk about uh, the uh, we, this is our Halloween episode.
1: Ooh. Ooh
0: welcome to it we wanted to talk about uh, some scary episodes of star trek we started the show before we started the show unfortunately <laughs> and we talked about what do we i was bringing uh, trying to talk about uh the the haunting of deck 13 i think it's called from star trek voyager and then uh earl was like well what do you mean by like a scary episode like what's a scary episode and i was like well you know schisms uh-huh so schisms is this episode of late 90s television of Star Trek <laughs> The Next Generation it's very like late 90s but it was just it was terrifying like the way they built the plot and it was like weird things were happening like you know Worf's arm had been broken and you know Beverly's plants grew so like yeah. I was used to like there be having you know the possibility of a mystery and I thought I think at one point I thought that we were going that way again like we hope something yeah, yeah. we you know, are doing some mind thing to keep us from remembering stuff. But then it was just, like, it just happening to a couple people. And then it was happening, like, at particular times. And there was, like, well, there's this energy that's happening right there. And then, like, well, it seems to have this memory. And then, like, people are, like, building memories together. Like, oh, there's a table. Okay. And then there's some scissors over it. And you're, like,
1: what? <laughs> oh, I, like, this is like,
0: So, like, that was a there for who's the the scariest um
1: uh, okay
0: episode although i do have to admit that uh earl what was the what was the one you brought up the, the the one where uh beverly's doing a candle yeah yeah still so terrified i've yet to see
1: it i mean i can't remember the title of it off the top of my head um, but uh
0: it's called the one where beverly fucks a ghost that's that was the title that they put in that krilly font <laughs> and put up on the screen. No, 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 it oh, wasn't. Like it filled the whole. You it know,
1: wasn't Beverly No, the, the title wasn't that. It wasn't Beverly. It was uh,
0: Gates McFadden. <laughs> no, stop it. No, don't do that to Gates, because Gates would never. I don't know why. <laughs> the one where <laughs> Gates
1: McFadden fucks.
0: Ew! No, stop. I've had enough. How dare you? Don't do that. <laughs>
1: Well, we're, we're only talking about their ancestors.
0: Fadden was the brightest part of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation overall.
1: I mean, I wasn't dissing her. I was just
0: oh, it felt like it. Don't don't oh, get I'm me sorry. up in arms.
1: I'm sorry. Uh,
0: I'm I'm i uh, head honcho over at the Beverly Picard fan fiction
1: site. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That doesn't exist yet because I haven't written the fan fiction.
1: Oh. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) But Um, I gotta tell you, I'm really curious about what, of all the people that I want to see on the uh, upcoming seasons of Star Trek The Card, it is Gates McFadden. Okay. Because I need to know what's happening with, you know, Mulder and Scully. (laughs) (laughs) Mulder and Scully? Or uh, Vincent and Stabler. You know, yeah, like that was that was the whole thing. It was there. They were the will, they won't. They and then you know in the novel series they did, and then they had a kid and they named him like Jacques, Robert, Picard, and I'm like, you did not name this man's son <laughs> after you. Drew- <laughs> like, did you really? Okay, that's uh, They gave funny. him
1: the first half of the first name of Jean, Jean Luc. And then
0: no, 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 um no, no no they gave him Jacques which Jacques. is which is Jack. Crusoe. it's uh-huh. Jack in in French. So well, they, uh, they, took, they took they took they just they you keep doubling down on this like Jean-Luc killed killed Jack thing. Okay. So and then they gave him Robert which is for
1: <laughs> his nephew, his brother
0: actually cuz his Oh, brother, I thought Rene.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <clears throat> sorry, Renee, I got you confused for somebody else.
0: What did they name him, Renee? I don't remember.
2: Which <laughs> I don't know.
0: I have actually read that book yet. And sorry for the spoilers for everyone who mm. also hasn't read that book. How about the Star Trek Coda oh. series. I think it, I think this happens in Headlong Flight. Uh huh. Thing that the kid. There's a really good short book that basically details like Q. Encouraging Picard to propose to Beverly, and I think culminates in their wedding or something. But anyway, okay. I I digress.
1: So, what would you qualify as a scary episode for the original series? <sighs> the Devil in the Dark?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's exactly where my my brain went. I went to the trying to find the horta in the cave. Absolutely. Really? There's another one. Uh, yes, but uh, hold on, let me. Before I go to the other one, there's that. that thing about that hot-ass rock that would crawl around the floor was, like, real creepy, right? Like, who wants to be walking by a rock and thinking that it's just going to come after them? Like, I don't know what it's going to do. Is it going to run me over like a steamroller?
1: <laughs>
0: sure. But just the, and just the idea of the devil in the dark.
1: Mm-hmm. If there were
0: these creatures. I don't know what they were made of. But they looked kind of like fake. Uh, sugar and spice and everything nice. They were not. We, girls, <laughs> ew. But there would be
1: snips and snails and puppy dog pants? Every time you clear your throat, I think you're trying to get my attention for something. Mm. I, my my stepdad used to do that. Like he would. Well, I wasn't. <clears throat>
0: but okay. if you want to take something you feel free. Okay. Um, talking about these things that were flying around that looked like fake vomit, like giant, like oh, right, the one where uh, everybody's going really fast. It was Operation Annihilate, I believe. Was it? Yeah. And it—it's horrifying. Those things flying around were the word, like they gave me night, like literally gave me nightmares, like I could not watch that episode when I was younger, and probably wouldn't watch it now, because those things are, like, <laughs> they look like, they're
1: like fake vomit, trick fake vomit that you get yeah. in the gag store, but the way that
0: they, I just imagine them like slapping on your face like a pancake. And, and up <laughs> there and like you can't pull it off and they're just <laughs> and they like suffocation that that thing is just awful They're behavior altering parasites they've taken over the bodies of residents of, yeah so i wonder do you think they are related at all to the um to the conspiracy parasites yes
1: that's where i was heading That was a scary episode. Maybe but I don't think they made that I don't think the producers have made the that connection yet, but they
0: certainly it's very plausible that they could be in universe. Is there a biological advantage to taking over the mental capacities of the host? Or is it better Well it doesn't matter, they're parasites, so they don't worry about keeping the host alive. They're not they're not uh
1: Well, the Parasite does need the host alive, for as long as they need it to be alive. Because without
0: it, they can't survive anyway. But, like, Symbionts help keep it alive, but don't Parasites just take and take and take until the...
1: Parasites do take and take and take, but
0: you're right. I mean, I guess eventually the the host of the
1: Parasite would die, and the Parasite would just move on. Whereas the the Symbiont is dead
0: without the host. So they benefit each other. Sure. So, I guess if a if a parasite wanted to keep a host alive, yeah,
1: like 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 a vampire. Just do you suck your victim dry, or do you leave enough blood in your victim that they can make more blood? And if they you know are making more blood automatically biologically anyway, then you don't uh, need a new victim.
0: Yeah, parasites are greedy and short-sighted symbionts. Well, the single-cell
1: organism parasites, but know the higher animals of like an actual mythological vampire would be short-sighted
0: oh so i have this sudden flash of an idea oh, oh yay. yay serial fiction right
2: <laughs> Where this, okay.
0: like so like the 30th century like mid 30th century right <laughs> okay when there's no starfleet right and they haven't been around for like 75 years so we're like post-burn pre burnham right? Okay. And in this audio fiction there's this trill, right? Who has this like quantum slipstream drive, right? And he's and he's joined, right? And okay. he goes around and he uh he takes he takes the Symbion out and puts it in another body and then eats the old host and then takes his Symbion out and puts it in another body and eat- who, who eats the old host? the new the new the new host
1: oh why does he have to eat the old host
0: oh no, it's just an easy way to get food
1: oh okay yeah
0: you know, don't worry about food or replicators or anything oh okay you just cook it and that way he's also eating the evidence Grind down all the bones oh and that way when they finally find this this trill right he's inside like a non-human non-trill host but where does breakfast yeah, yeah. food come into that? Trace, trace evidence of all of the other hosts inside of him. <laughs> because he's eaten all the other hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you called it serialized
1: fiction. Where does breakfast food come into that? <sighs> what about the doomsday machine?
0: This is becoming scary. Oh, the Doomsday! I don't know, man. Like, I don't. Maybe it's just uh, I dramatic. But the Doomsday machine. But I do kind of feel like I felt like either I didn't understand it or it was hokey. Like one of those two things had to be true. Yeah. The time.
1: Like It'll, if they made cool. that today, would they make that a lot more scary? Is that is
0: that the Thanksgiving episode because it's got a cornucopian? <laughs> 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 you know what they're doing? <clears throat> Yeah, maybe.
1: I mean, they could have done a little bit better with the uh, actual machine itself. And they could have built it up a little bit more.
0: They could. I think they did later.
1: Like, they could have built it up for a couple of episodes. Yeah, well,
0: that story could have gone much longer, for sure. Did I see it in Star Trek Online? And it went, like, recently, like, someone had re-engineered pieces of one of those devices
1: Oh, did we encounter one of those machines in the animated series? It's only half an hour episodes though, and it's perhaps, made for children at that point. Perhaps,
0: perhaps we did. I don't know. I don't really.
1: Know. Oh, okay. What about accusing Spot- Scotty, of being Jack the Ripper?
0: You know, I gotta say, like they were, they did scary on the original Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, I feel more off. But it was cause cause 60s hokey scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but zero scary. It was. I'm sure it was like for me when I was little. It was. It was scary, right? <laughs>
2: um,
0: and maybe that prepared me for like not being scared because I wasn't scared about much from. There wasn't much to scare in Star Trek generation. Mm-hmm. When the Borg first came, <laughs> the Borg were terrifying. But any were they? I and yet, like the Borg. Yeah, when they first. When they first. Yeah, when they first came, just because it was like. In Cure You, let's come after you, E. <laughs> okay. Like, just rape you and take like, your shit. most of us are gonna stand by, and a couple of us are just gonna grab you, and we got you, and now we got you. <laughs> like, that was pretty much it. And it was like, oh, okay. shit. Like, that was scarier than, like, we're a pack of zombies coming at you, coming at you. Yeah. You know? Okay. The zombification of the Borg <clears throat> was natural, because... It is still my belief that the Borg created the zombie apocalypse that is currently upon us. Okay. Like, people have been into zombies ever since the Borg.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it might have reintroduced the idea of zombies, but zombies have been around since far before the Borg.
0: Yeah, for sure. But the Borg is definitely Star Trek's answer to zombies. And I, But I do feel like it, it launched the current zombie culture there was a scary thing. So I was, I was sitting here thinking about like, okay, what are the things about Halloween? So there's zombies and there's werewolves. And somehow it made me think of the episode of Star Trek the next, Star Trek's the next generation, where, uh, where everyone's devolving. Uh-huh. And Riker turns into like a monkey. <sighs> well, and okay. Worf turn, uh, who? somebody turns into a lizard for some reason.
1: Troy um, turns into an amphibian and she's in the tub. Yeah, that's. I think that mind. I think that was just mostly like just for gross factor. Yeah, but for whatever what reason, what Barkley what turned into a spider. Yeah, a
0: real weird. What, sp- what, at what, whatever
1: point was in a, human history. Yeah,
0: Barkley as a spider was terrifying. I'll, I'll give you that was Barkley <laughs> as a spider was what the fuck. <laughs> but, like, was, I I it's hard. He's hard to look at as a spider, um, but the one that was scary was Worf, because Worf turned into like an angry like thing slash Hulk, sort of Avenger anti Avenger, monster Like 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 a uh,
1: Neanderthal kind of thing.
0: Yeah, he turned into like a ne- Neanderthalian Klingon.
1: <laughs>
0: Klingon poo.
1: The Klingon version of a. The same thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, is like a Klingon were, werewolf or like a Klingon? <laughs> okay, so Discovery does scary. pretty well. Do they? I think so. Okay. Because I think that, I think that. Oh my gosh, the thing from the mycelial that was coming after Tilly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. After the dark matter incident, that that shit was. Ugh. Oh. And the idea of Armis from Star Trek The Next Generation, the Armus, the trash bag monster that killed Tasha <laughs> yeah. Like, that idea was scary. It was it was scary. Yeah. It, it, it was... <sighs> they didn't have necessarily the ability to do it as well as Discovery did, but Discovery took that Armus idea and turned oh, it into the Ba'ul on Oh, okay. Hall. I and never thought about it that way. They did Armus so much better then Armus was done originally but I think that they got what Armus was supposed to be because I feel like that's what Armus was supposed to be like this scary drippy black gruesome shapeless but shaped like thing that could reach out and do shit
1: what if the Ba'ul were the thing that birthed Armus
0: so like I thought about that too and I also thought about like so what if like what if what if uh instead of leaving because what, what happened with Armus was that the apparently the inhabitants of the planet had like brought their their bad feelings and their negativity and all their bullshit out of them and like left it in a puddle on the planet and then left the planet right yeah. so all alone because whatever what, yeah. so i was thinking well what if the um uh, why am i trying to call him talaxian what what the hell am i thinking um the Caminarian. what the hell is the roo A Camino. what the f what the hell <laughs> is <Theroux? laughs>
1: what? i don't know oh, I um he mm. is a, a humanoid cow
0: no yes he is but a what a cow furry he's a kelpian
1: oh kelpian yes
0: yeah because he what he, if the he Kelpien? grows a, what off if the, the Calpians, coast of Alaska. Anyway, what if the Kelpians sloughed off all their negativity, but stayed oh, yeah. on the same planet with it? Ooh. Why would they do that? Maybe they couldn't leave. Didn't know any better? Yeah. Couldn't leave? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's why it lives underwater. Like, because it can't survive. I don't know, man. Uh, they, I do think that that Armist thing was a scary concept, and I do think that Discovery did True and ultimate justice to the idea <laughs> of okay. by creating the Ba'ul in the way that they did, because I really think that that's what they were going for, in in Star Trek: and The Next Generation. And had Tashiyar Yar gotten killed by that, it would have okay. I would have been okay, like much better <laughs> than the trash bag monster that we had.
1: Okay, here's one that that kind of might not occur to some people. What about TNG season three? Episode
0: six, Booby Trap, Eyes in the Dark, that all those nightmares okay. that Troy was getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was a schisms type thing where like yeah. they they had to build the mystery, and then they and it was difficult to figure out what the hell the mystery meant once they put it together. Kind of, like wait, I mean I no, still no. think
1: of helium that way. Or wait, wait, helium, hydrogen.
0: Hydrogen is one moon circles yes okay yeah T-
1: the eyes in the dark the one moon circles yeah I still think of hy- hydrogen that way
0: yeah so we all I think I think that that's one of those stick with you things but also what unfortunately from that episode sticks with me you know what it is <clears throat> It's Councillor Troy floating in darkness, like cracking Superman. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm trying to find you. where are you? And it's like, uh, yeah. They really made her like get up on some strings,
1: and <laughs> hang in the air
0: in darkness, and be like, I'm trying to find you. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, that's cool, man. That's, yeah. that's That's cool. So they they tried their best too.
2: <laughs>
0: what they were trying to do was what Star Trek Discovery did at the end of season two when okay. Burnham jumped into the wormhole <laughs> like had she it jumped. been a little bit more like spark like maybe they should have you know run a, <laughs> run a chainsaw across some, some aluminum at Counselor Troy when she was there floating in the air and had all the sparks and stuff going <laughs> off like it was hard like maybe that uh-huh
1: was, her buddy you know
0: her hair may have gone up so we wouldn't have that would so. um her hair yeah their big her big poofy hair that she had at the time
1: oh okay there was one that i was just flipping through and i was reminded of but it wasn't the one i was looking at it was um oh well oh I think the title is something like i can't remember what season it's in but it's something like blank pages dark page. or hidden dark page. dark
0: page it's it's the one where L- Loxana troy sees a little girl like stumble into a puddle and then flips yeah. the fuck out and has a <laughs> fucking seizure and faints well she she's she's
1: working with these highly telepathic they only communicate with telepathy so she's trying to learn their language and telepathy in the way they communicate with pictures instead of words she's also trying to teach them how to communicate with words
0: yeah and everything that she's doing is not helpful like girl, can you put your stuff put your stuff aside for a second so you can try to focus on communicating because what you're doing has yeah. nothing to do with the communication <laughs> between the federation and these people this is all some personal bullshit like okay so you had a girl a daughter that died go see a therapist you're getting in the way <laughs> of this right now. Could you step down for a little while, and maybe Counselor Troy can handle this, you know, like... <laughs> ...be able to handle this whole thing, and, okay. like, see to you every once in a while while you're hanging out in sick bay because, yep. really, you have lost your mental facilities.
1: No, you have.
0: I wasn't talking to you. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. All right, so, uh... We will be right back after these... After these messages. This is like an audio cue. It's just. People (laughs) will just scream at this time. Boom. Halloween show. This is part two, where Jackson and Earl talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation, season six, episode five, Schisms.
1: Can turn on my,
0: no, I No, it's, fine. No, it's, fine. No, it's fine. no. I'll be able to hear you. I won't be able to hear oh. the show.
1: Six, oh, oh, okay. Why
0: well, so cantankerous today?
1: not nah, you're being cantankerous
0: you're being cantankerous sir. i would say it's probably a good two-thirds of the ship you're probably not, a good two-thirds of the ship not barely you're you're barely two-thirds of the ship
1: on the other hand your screen is probably like a tenth of my size so
0: oh oh i got a small screen yeah i do have a small screen
1: <laughs> 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 i'm watching on the
0: laptop so that is a true true stat- factual
1: statement so I guess from your perspective, it's barely there in the corner.
0: Sure. Sure. You you win. You win this time, <laughs> sir.
1: <laughs> Damn you, Gravity!
0: All right, so is the version of Star Trek The Next Generation that's on uh, Paramount plus the same version uh, that's on Netflix? Because Netflix is the remastered version, if I'm not mistaken, right? i don't know um well that's good it sounds like we're we're a very authoritative show we can we're your go-to for all of your star trek news information and trivia that's good on us
1: we're not a authority we are a review show we don't have to be authoritative.
0: yes we only have to be authoritative about our own opinions. <laughs> this is the only thing that we have to know about, for sure.
1: Yes. I believe that it is, but without going and, like, say, watching an obvious place where it's better would be an improvement, like Encounter in Far Point with the jellyfish, I would not be able to tell you.
0: So, okay, so I feel like there are places that I can tell. Yes. There's, for instance, the very opening scene, mm-hmm. which is, we just have the, the glorious... Starship USS Enterprise NCC-1701D in the lower left-hand corner, heading Mm -hmm. toward the upper right-hand corner where there's a globular cluster, which Picard Mm -hmm. discusses, toward which they are going. And Mm -hmm. it is my opinion that, for some reason, it seems like the ship is a little too bright, like, glowy, like it has, like, as Mm -hmm. if there are, like, bright lights pointed towards it and they're reflecting off and it's creating, like, Mm -hmm. sort of a glow around the ship. I feel like that's different. Mm. because it doesn't seem familiar. Or maybe I just I, could I possibly have just not noticed it for all those years?
1: One of the things I was uh, made aware of when I watched a video about redoing a clip from the trench run in that history show on the History Channel.
0: Uh, the History Show, yes, thank you.
1: I tried to mit- put it in words that you would understand. The History
0: sir. Show from the other galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ancient history.
1: Yes. Well, to them, it's ancient history.
0: It's a long, long just, time ago. Well, in but, far, far, away. Yeah,
1: the light is just now reaching us.
0: So to us, it's new. Wait, since galaxies are moving like really, really fast and solar systems are thereby are moving really, really fast, if one, can would we be able to see the light of ourselves? Or do we know? I guess we don't move faster than light. Never mind. I take it all back. Sorry for interrupting.
1: <laughs> so anyway, they, this channel was making a modern clip of that and they were pointing out how the light better reflected on the digital model, better reflected the light in the surrounding area than when you drop a model, when you do the uh, practical effects, because the light might not always be the same on the model set as it was in the actual insert.
0: Yeah, so it's not not always so perfect, which I think gives it more of a realness to
1: me. Oh, okay. Well, in this case, they were putting they were in a trench, and they're putting shadows on the X-wings the way they should have been when they were in a trench, not fully well litten.
0: Litten Past tints of lit.
1: Lighted. So my first comment. Yeah. Was how tricked out Riker's pillow is.
0: It's funny that you latched on the the pillow because I did <laughs> notice the pillow just now <laughs> and how like it's like very silvery and like shiny and sparkly. It's really neat.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but his pillowcase is blah.
0: What caught me about this uh scene was—is this the advent of like Riker after dark hair?
1: <laughs> well, and and Mister Frakes is a bear wolf shoulder pad well,
0: because of the beard. Is that what you mean?
1: No, look at all that finely groomed, well manicured chest hair.
0: And oh, his... I I don't think I noticed it. <laughs> and,
1: and not only that, but but does Riker? Seem to you like somebody who wears pajamas in bed?
0: I don't know what that was. I don't know why I you know. want to call it pajamas. I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> like, we didn't, I don't think we saw him from the waist. I think it was just like a wrap over. Like, he just like wrapped that around himself. And it just, yeah, that was a No, good no, robe. no, no,
1: no. He was laying in bed with it and he definitely had. Yeah, pants
0: on. he was laying in bed with a robe. Leave him alone.
1: <laughs> we'll do that
0: sometimes. It's okay. He said, it's nothing like, weird. Of
1: the, draping cloth on their skin I, their...
0: the the choice that he made to, because you know it was a choice to bring the riker after dark hair to engineering with him like because yeah. it's clearly like it's split into like two points like one one point at each eyeball so yeah I, it's it's like it's almost made as if as if it you know like he did it intentionally like that is that what georgie's laughing at is he like he's like i can't believe you brought the after dark hair down here well
1: I think what he did, he didn't take the time to fix his hair. He just put his uniform on and left.
0: He definitely put those two points down to his eyeballs.
1: <laughs> no, that's the bedhead hair.
0: He and Picard's date are, are wearing the very same hair.
1: Jo- Jordy's laughing at you. Dude, you're still sporting your bedhead there. I can tell he's you like, just uh, got out of bed.
0: Holmes Lice, we, we here in the 21st century have a thing called <laughs> gel. I don't know if you heard of it. Talk to Data, he's got a lot of it.
1: He borrows it from Odo.
0: Today has got a whole, like, a whole closet full of <laughs> gallons and gallons of hair gel.
1: The stick gets frizzy.
0: You know, like, sometimes, you know, it's a static build up on the bridge. You know, the warp field builds up on his fluid servo, internal fluid servo mechanism. I was really glad. I was really glad when we switched scenes from Micro After Dark to the, uh, to the uh, to the scene that has Pippi long sucking in it.
1: Oh, who's um, the guy just hanging out behind?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, guy with the guy, under. the guy with the belt, right? He's got like this, like, <laughs> this like half inch thick long belt that's like not in the right place where you put your belt. Like uh-huh. I don't think his belt is doing anything. I think he has belt as a decoration, which makes it more like a. I think he's part. Of, I think he's part of the uh, the the uh, behind the scenes crew. He's got a uh, first contact <laughs> undershirt on. <laughs> He's he's getting ready. He's, he's 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 testing out the new uniform styles. Like they saw him and they were like, "That is the basis for a new Starfleet uniform." Look at that. That's a that is a that is a first contact uniform <laughs> undershirt. I was really glad when the uh, when the scene switched and we got to the data's poetry section because I do so love data's poetry. Like,
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know why everyone else seems so annoyed by it because it's really like. Jordy's put down of it is like, oh, it's clever. But I'm like, that's really, but that that's good. Like, that's what you want to do, like with a with a good rhyme, you know.
1: Uh huh. Well, the thing is,
0: like, he just put down Lil Wayne's entire career. (laughs) The whole thing's just about like clever rhymes. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. What I thought was kind of a put down to everybody is they just sitting there describing what an ode is and how an ode is about, you know, things that. Inspire us, or people that inspire us, or you know, a major impact on our lives. Sure. And then he does his cat, and he could have picked Picard, or Riker, or Geordi, who's given him a lot of social behavior or uh, interaction.
0: Oh, okay. So that's why everybody was all butthurt about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, he he was his like, cat. <laughs> you could have done, you could have done a poem yeah. about anything or anyone. You could have talk about the ship. You could have talked about the the captain. You could have talked about your best friend Jordy. You could have talked about your little friend Barkley. But instead, you talk about the motherfucking cat. The cat for real.
1: I mean that that that, and that's that's one of those Asperger's traits, that people latched onto that really, you know, they they picked up on about data, and people with autism and Asperger's, in when this show was out, that really moved, you know it's like, that's what it's like. That's Asperger's right there.
0: Cats are Data's kink. I would love to have Data as has like a best friend who's a Cation. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best friendship of my two best friends that anyone ever had. Would be awesome.
1: <laughs> like an odd couple of uh,
0: Data and a cation. They'd be just as nimble as each other. They could live in tr- in, a, in trees.
1: Oh yeah, there you go.
0: Oh, and Daddy could pick him up out of the water, straight up out of the water, like a fucking weirdo, hold, <laughs> hold him by the front of his shirt. Um, okay. You know, like he did with Wesley in Encounter at Farpoint.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I guess. Oh, did I explain the joke?
1: <laughs> Shut up! It's funny, and you know it. Mm hmm. <sighs> So are we gonna do a show, or are we just? I thought gonna we were doing the show, <laughs> like just to just,
0: and and it's apparently we're doing apparently we're doing Star Trek hair because the hair. Okay, so Beverly Beverly Crusher, Beverly Picard, is what I almost called her. Beverly Crusher goes through so many different hairstyles during this show, and this is not one of my favorites. This is like the Elizabethan like pullback with the beret thing. <laughs> like what? she has to do bangs. Like Be- Beverly's pretty good with bangs, but Beverly's also good without bangs. Beverly's great without bangs. Okay. So uh,
1: Um I mean, right now she's doing the doctor thing and she sometimes you just get your hair enough out of the way with the barrettes just so that it's functional and you you, you just got maybe she I mean, just got out of sure. major surgery or, like, or something. That's like
0: that's if she I'm not supposed to see like if we're supposed to pretend like we don't see the bump on the top of her head that clearly indicates that they've put an extra hair piece on her head. <laughs> like, you know, and then like sort of like pinned what? that back what? into her hair so like okay so what bump there's there's a bump on the top of her head that clearly shows that she's got like a wig on
1: really yeah she doesn't have a wig on
0: she does
1: why when
0: How so can, that what? she can yeah they they have her in a wig just like data's in a, well i don't know if data's in a. data's in a partial wig i'm sure Okay. There's been times I suspected that Jordy was in a wig at times as well. No. But I could have been making it. It could have been. I mean, I thought Mr. Mott might have been in a wig also.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in a skull cap.
0: I tell you what, the HD really, really reveals things.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, at least they went through, they took the budget and they took the time and they didn't just upscale it, they actually remaped. We scanned the original prints. Yeah, and they remastered it.
0: Yes, that. I yes, mean, there beautiful. was
1: times where I thought that Mr. Burton must have been like this scene here. I I'm not sure if they gave him extra brown makeup on his. Cheeks oh no no no! Well, of course, yeah. I mean, they gave him makeup, but. Or if he's sporting some like five o'clock shadow, or if they actually this. I mean, at one point LaForge LaForge did actually have a beard for like a couple of episodes or just an episode? Maybe? I think
0: it was part of an episode and it was, I think in the same episode, uh, Data had a beard for a little while.
1: Geordi, in his wet, uh, yellow shirt days, had a beard, I because I just saw a clip of it. and I'm sitting there watching Geordi sporting a beard next to Picard and I'm like why isn't Picard saying something? <laughs> He's like, dude, it works on Riker, it doesn't work on him.
0: Right, the, the beard is not so, his thing.
1: Here's something I want to know Why are these guys They're they're reporting to a medical emergency right Why are they walking
0: They're walking very slowly right They're also responding They're responding to like a disaster Right like supposedly There's been this big like Conduit burst and like there's this big explosion That happened so like everybody's Just kind of like walking up like I mean Because it's probably over (laughs) Like really (laughs) if, If something like that happened than you expect like uh, you know certainly not the neat well, and, and orderly uh, um neat and orderly and crates Ke- that all the uh, the lower decks crew have been stacking all day long
1: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah oh there was our first glimpse of the lower decks crew right there too yeah
0: yeah this um, is the beginning of star trek lower decks And we see just three people in a room just stacking, stacking crates, stacking, stacking, stacking all day long.
1: Moving across the room all day long for no reason.
0: (laughs) No, there's a reason. It's because every time something happens on the bridge and the ship shakes and the rocks come out, they have to clean up the rocks and they have to stack all the crates back up.
1: So this scene right here where she's leading him into the thing and he's blind right now because he's got his visor on. Yes. I wonder if they consult an actual blind person in what they would expect and how to treat them in the situation so that, you know, how much leading would the blind person need to get his head in that?
0: Being as this is Star Trek The Next Generation, I'm betting you that they did exactly that to make sure that they played it true to life. Because otherwise it would look odd to someone who's seen a similar scene before, I Mm -hmm. think. I don't know. I put it. I I have uh, confidence in uh in the producers of Star Trek: The Next Generation that they sort of like look down those avenues and make sure that they're doing things unoffensively.
1: Well, they. I don't think they really did anything offensively because um all she really kind of did was um touch him and guide him in the right direction. She sure. didn't. Oh take yeah, his I wasn't saying that it...
0: she did do it offensively. I'm just saying that yeah, clearly, like clearly she didn't. Mm-hmm. And maybe if she'd done it in a different way than it would have been, but they did the research. is what mm-hmm. i like to believe.
1: Why are there screws? 20, 20th century Phillips yeah. screw head. Yeah, I noticed the very the same console.
0: thing. He's rubbing his hand across the console about 1746 <laughs> or seven or so, and and there we have two, two Phillips head screws, and the screw heads aren't even turned in the same direction. So it appears as if someone hasn't been doing their preventative maintenance on the bridge to make sure that <laughs> everything is in accordance to regulations because that, my friend, is a thing that's regulated. The direction that the screws, the screw heads are, are facing. What do you mean the direction that they're facing? Like if, if all of your screw heads are pluses, then they're pluses all over the ship. Okay. Like no X's, no partial pluses.
1: If they're all X's, then they're okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. They have to pluses, like, you know. It is funny that these people are in the cargo they're looking for like some sort of subspace disturbance, right? And then when he finds it, like people, all these random crowds of people just like walk up from behind him. Like, where did all these people come from? It was just him and Jordy. And then as soon as they find it, these people are just, we just happened to be walking by. Oh, and we're here too. Like they just come out of nowhere. Hey, we're all here. Oh, what is that? There's a thing over there? Oh, how funny that we just happened up here when it appeared. You found it? Oh, it's over here. (laughs) Like, where were they? Where were they all? Is that a cargo? Were they stacking other box bottles? Is that what's happening? Those bottles or boxes are probably. What do you think is in those? I've always always wondered. (laughs) Well, the one,
1: the the blue ones have radioactive symbols on.
0: Actually, in a way, so the yellow, they have, they both have radioactive symbols. What do we keep in there? One of them has a picture of Deep Space Nine on it. Before Deep Space Nine was Deep Space Nine, maybe. Yeah, the yellow one definitely has a picture of Deep Space Nine on it. It's got the circle and the circle and then the three three little times, and that's it.
1: I was going to ask, do you think Worf really recognized his trigger and understood his trigger? Do you think he even acknowledged Riker it? Riker did.
0: I think Riker brought it up with well, with. Yeah, Troy. certainly. Like, yeah, he went right to Troy. Went right to what it was. He was like, I'm having this trigger and it's triggering me at something. Worf is too manly. He just stuffed it. Worf recognized his, at, at the very least, Worf recognized his trigger afterward in the moment when he was able to like name it. Because like he yeah, reacted to it yes. with Mott. But then later, when he was trying to get to the root of it, he connected to, oh, it's scissors.
1: But there's no way he brought it to Troy and talked about it. He he, he swallowed it down, he manlyed it up, and he just ignored it, shoved, shoved it further down. He did down. not
0: manly it up. He <laughs> <laughs> it down.
1: Uh, Well, he's, a, he's still a male Klingon. He's a man.
0: Nope, not a man. Klingon. Male.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you say so.
0: I, I, the entire Klingon species says so. <laughs> Taxonomy says so. <laughs> Human rights—the very term is racist.
1: So, how do you think Klingons distinguish their genders from each other? Do you think there? Do male, you think there's maybe? Female. Oh, maybe it is very. Klingon
0: male. Klingon female.
1: Do you think that? Uh, Maybe there is uh, more than
0: two genders
1: for Klingons?
0: Do you think that there's one that has four dicks? Is that what you're getting at?
1: <laughs> no, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm wondering if there's Klingon, some Klingons that have one. What? And, and maybe some, some female Klingons that have one too. Not penis, but vagina.
0: Do, do female Klingons have two vaginas? oh wait but now you've created a whole other thing what if there, there are part, there are klingons that have both like they all have a penis and a vagina they're all hermaphrodite i i imagine uh-huh. i i do hope at some point we will refocus on the klingon uh just the klingon species <laughs> because we did it we had a good season of it in discovery and i could definitely okay. do it again at some point in the uh in the near future that would be nice uh Okay. Picard's probably not going to do it Discovery could do it At least we could get like a couple episodes or something But I, I really am very interested in seeing By the way, how the uh, Klingon Klingons have evolved in the 31st century Oh So Is this
1: this woman standing next to Troy In the green dress Yes Is she the same woman that was sitting next to Picard
0: No, in, no, no So who was the
1: chick sitting next to Picard? That
0: was Tracy So Tracy is Lieutenant Jay uh, Tracy Tracy Lee Quoco, I think, is her name, the actress, and the the act the uh, character is Lieutenant J. So for some reason, Lieutenant Jay who's often a security officer, sometimes a helm officer, um, is is being escorted to Data's poetry reading by Captain uh-huh. Guard. because they I don't know, like everyone's sort of paired off.
1: Well, P- Riker Riker has uh, Troy.
0: Just it's him and Troy. Yeah, Riker and Troy. Was it? Was it Geordie and Beverly? I don't know. I don't remember what they what, what the Jordy. configuration was now.
1: Yeah, I don't know But
0: I do are. know that in the conference room. Okay, so in the conference, and this is what I was thinking of. This is the, the configuration I was thinking of because there is a part. So they're in the conference room and they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to like close down the subspace anomaly. Right. Like and in in our current watch, mm-hmm. I don't think we've gotten to the point yet. But we will likely get to the point as as we're talking about this part. So like so Data says that the subspace rift or whatever, the energies of it are like interacting with the bulkheads, right, of the ship, right? So it's, Mm -hmm. so so Picard suggests, well, can we beam that section of the ship out into space? And when he says that, Troy looks at Data like really hard, right? Like she's just like, like staring at him like, oh my God, what is Picard saying? And then Beverly is looking, like at him and swallowing like oh my god what is he talking about because what he is suggesting is that they that that they can transport not only a section of the ship but also a subspace anomaly with their transporters can you transport a subspace anomaly with your transporters?
1: sure that's a good question i don't think
0: that that's a thing you can do otherwise we could just transfer the majoran wormhole from one place Mm. to another and thus, Troy is looking like like she's trying not to laugh and staring as okay. Data to Data as her anchor, like, Data, please talk us out of this. Now <laughs> Beverly looks at Picard like, what is this man talking about? He has lost his mind. I'm a doctor, and I know that you can't transport a subspace anomaly with your transporters.
1: It's a magic That's, anomaly. Can you I can transport
0: a warp field? Can you transport subspace itself because those are the things <laughs> that you would need to do you would need to tra- transport an yeah. entire subspace field and the whole mm-hmm. all of the energies of a subspace rift you would have to be able to transport them which is why it, it, so in that case you just take the nexus and you beam parts of it away and it loses its effect
1: well this isn't the it's, nexus i know, but, okay. but there are the nexus energies, is a little bit bigger than that
0: it's a subspace ribbon oh
1: uh, okay
0: So a subspace rift, subspace ribbon.
1: You'd have to well, yeah, the Nexus isn't made out of matter, it's made out of energy, so you shouldn't be able to transport or even lock on to it.
0: Exactly my point about a subspace rift. Okay. So why would he even suggest that you're gonna beam a subspace rift off of the ship? Um That's what I'm saying. This this building said so of the scene while we're in the holodeck is the creepiest thing
1: Mm -hmm. and i
0: know exactly why this is the halloween episode of star trek because like as Uh it's building in like they bring the darkness in right because they walk in it's just like a normal bright holodeck and they put themselves in like a small bubble of light in all this darkness and then they have something that sounds like insects like Big like those big beetles, like those big Egyptian beetles, like just crawling over each other in big piles. What, the like the
1: hissing cockroach?
0: Uh no. We you know like those beetles oh. with the pincers on them. Where is it pincers
1: Oh, like the uh, rhino, rhinoceros beetle. A
0: rhinoceros beetle. You know, like just a bunch of those in the distance, in the dark, crawling around each other in mm-hmm. big piles over on piles of bones. That's what it sounds like to Actually, me. The, it's really the, the
1: clicking and the drip. Well, I think they were calling it a tripping, but... Oh, yeah, clicking. You're right. See, you seem to think that there was better descriptions to get the tables that they wanted?
0: Well, I mean, I don't think, number one, I don't think the computer... (coughs) I don't think the computer gave them what they asked for. Like, number one, they asked for a conference table, right? And they give a table... Mm -hmm that when I say it's like a wooden t- table it's like a it's a good table for a, a, a feast right like uh-huh. like, like it's what? just it's not a conference table and then when so then Jordy's like no it's too high and I immediately I'm like yeah it's too high it's not a conference table it needs to go down to where like you'd be sitting at because it. It, the computer gives us this like I guess the computer uh, defaulted to giving us a standing conference table but if it's a standing conference table then it should be like one that you would get on a starship not like a wooden Like table that you would do, like cooking on. I don't understand what
1: happened with that. God God forbid they use something that the uh, production crew can carry in quickly and easily and (laughs) set on a mark. (laughs) Yeah, the computer should be able to beam in anything that you ask for.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So instead we're just like, uh, do we have a table? Is there a table somewhere? Anybody <laughs> got a table? We have this table over here. Some, I mean, it's somebody, wood. Somebody get, yeah, somebody that'll get... work. It's a table. Just bring it in. It says table yeah. here. it's a table right in the script. It doesn't tell what kind of table it is. Just bring in a table,
1: whatever. <laughs> OK, so one thing I've noticed is kind of weird. The angle that they're looking up, when the camera's looking up at the anomaly. Yeah. The angle that it's looking up at it and how high it is. The gaze of the actors are never nearly that high. Oh, they're not? No, no, they never are looking at it. They're looking at something well, much, you know, much lower.
0: Well, you know, it's like it's like a, that. It's like a solar. It's like a solar um, eclipse. Like you can't look right at a subspace anomaly. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> <I
1: don't> know. <laughs> well, Jordy has filter At least Jordy and Data would have filters.
0: You You still can't it. look at. Yeah, Jordy doesn't have to look at it at all, and he'll still see it. He doesn't have to look <laughs> in this direction at all. He's just doing that for you. You're welcome. Do
1: <laughs> you, you, you think Jordy doesn't have to look at anything? No,
0: I think Jordy 300? has three D wraparound vision. Have, no,
1: he doesn't. Cause it, <laughs> yes, I, I the visor is,
0: only Yes, no, I think That's yes, why they have the wrap
1: around visor. He can only see in the place where the visor is.
0: I don't think so. I Otherwise, think he can see all the way he around. His wear head. It? Like, because he, he doesn't take see it off and point it He doesn't see light rays. He sees everything. So yeah, like he does? why why wouldn't I he, mean he sees those but as light well. Light
1: rays are a part of that. And you he can he only absorb it, Spicer, where the eyes are.
0: He sees all this stuff, right? But can can they just tune it so he can just see visible light? Like, why do they make it so he can see electromagnetic fields and stuff? If that's going to be, like, well, real distracting. How about the reverse
1: stuff? of that? How about the reverse of that? Can Data just download an app and have Geordie vision?
0: Well, I don't Data think that, be like,
1: oh, yeah, you're right. They, I do that. I see that yeah. thing that you said. Oh, this guys. is
0: true. Like, there should never be anything that Geordi can see that Data cannot see. Yeah. Ever.
1: Yeah. Data, all Data has to do is just download
0: the app. Just download the app. It's time for a station <laughs> break. We'll be right back. All right. And this time, hey, look, we're back. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. This time, I remember to press resume. That was almost <laughs> a disaster. So there was something I had noticed back at the
1: beginning of the episode. The episode... The, the first start date that... Picard gives us at the beginning of the episode is 46154.2. Yes. A few moments later, Riker looks at his (coughs) clock and it's already advanced just by two decimal points. How long is a decimal point of a star date? One hour. So it took us an hour to watch Riker get out of bed, wash his face, and check his clock.
0: You're making the assumption that we switched from scene to scene and that's the same to, like there's no time in between the scenes. Well, I don't think that's okay. the way it is. I think that sometimes there's time between the scenes and sometimes there is not. If they're related oh, okay. scenes, like if something's happening here, yeah. like if they're talking to each other, then we know that yeah. the time is the same, but like if it's something happens yeah. and then that scene closes and then we go to the next one, like i there could um. be any num- any amount of time between the scenes. I don't think an episode happens in an hour as a matter of fact. I think that no, uh, no, no. Generally definitely an episode not. of the next generation. So, like this episode probably took course over the took place over the course of like two weeks is what I imagine.
1: This episode? Yeah. Maybe not. There's a lot yeah, going, because a lot going up, on. Because they built up, but it's a short amount of time, but it's maybe I a week
0: built, at think, most. Okay, I'll give you a week. That's cool. Because weird things started happening. They sort of built it like because they, they yeah. home in on the mystery and solve it too quickly. Like an hour is not enough time for like all of the stuff that they're describing to happen also just the timing of like the people disappearing and coming back, like they describe mm-hmm. you know, a lot of time taking place. The time in between when like when Data was standing there and Jordy walked out and then Jordy came back that mm-hmm. was a big elapse of time as well that we didn't, you know have. Yeah, it was like episode.
1: an hour and a half mm-hmm. that we only experienced it in like 30 seconds Yeah, or maybe a minute
0: Yeah, if that much Um,
1: Certainly, and I understand and respect <laughs> that, but um I I've always assumed that at least after the at, at least after the captain's log and cutting to the first interior ship scene is the the captain well sometimes they even show it the captain's recording his log at the end of yes and by the time they cut into the yes, ship
0: this is part of the rule of connected scenes cuz he's talking mm-hmm. it's a voiceover and then he's you know completing it as we get into the scene so those two happen you Uh know at the same time you know in in flow with one another but there's no saying that like after we come back from the not like when we come back from the from the intro sometimes it's you know the next second and sometimes it's you know an hour later or whatever time later
1: how do you think they recorded that riker getting abducted
0: with the the string hang yeah that's the upside down superman they put him on a on a blue like dolly and and drew that forward and then erased it
1: okay the string thing, is that yeah
0: they did it? the same thing earlier uh yeah earlier in the episode where they um they were bringing the uh the security team and Beverly were responding to the disaster uh that didn't happen yeah. and somebody yeah. brought an anti-grav uh, uh like dolly with them and that that was but, sort of like the same the same effect that they used with the uh, with the Anti right of... Grab Dolly was only off the ground by like a few
1: inches. They probably yeah. just blew out the light, made the lights so bright that you couldn't see the wheels under the floor. Sure. Would...
0: Yeah, 100%. I also believe that uh, they may have gone. Did they go back and retouch these episodes and add effects and stuff?
1: Um, I, it's... They retouched the episodes, but they didn't. And I don't think they necessarily added effects. I don't that know. Is I, I definitely have a... a glove.
0: I, mean, <laughs> I see it. Oh yeah. So in honor of uh, Halloween, I'm also going to posit, and I'm just going to go ahead and believe that the actor playing the 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 alien here um, mm-hmm. is is Doug Jones. I'm just going to tell myself that's Doug Jones in there.
1: Why J- Doug Jones? Because Who's like Doug it looks Jones?
0: like it's Doug Jones is Saru in Star Trek Discovery.
1: Oh, are you sure it's not uh, Jeffrey Combs?
0: it might be It might be. thank you for reminding me of that guy's name because I've decided that uh, there's a new Jeffrey Combs in
2: uh,
0: in, in, in uh, the new Star Trek you know. oh yeah it's the guy who plays Linus and he plays arek who's arek I don't remember his name we'll get back to it later when we're doing a show okay. about Star Trek sorry. Discovery my oh, bad oh
2: okay sorry
0: no it's me I did it
1: so when Mar- Riker's washing his face in the bathroom opening the episode he reaches into the sink and it's already got water when did he turn on the water when did the water get in there why is he just sitting there with a sink full of water more importantly when do
0: you use sonic cleaning and when do you use water cleaning that's a good question Do you you use a sonic shouldn't you have a sonic sink if you have a sonic shower so do you splash sonic water on your
1: face when you're trying to wake up
0: you just like you just dip your face into the sonic shower (laughs) for a second
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just wah.
0: Turn it up to like the wah. high volume. Like, you don't even need coffee anymore. Who needs when You know when you're going to sodic shower? Just turn that puppy up.
1: Or or Jack Dorino. Haha. Uh-huh. Just kidding.
0: No, Jack Dorino's going to put you to sleep. He does and not put six. me to
1: sleep. I'm so amused I am very <laughs> amused
0: by Jack Dorino. That was a sex joke.
1: Okay. But,
0: but I digress,
1: clearly. Oh, because he's going to wear me out?
0: And now you've explained the joke. Thank you. Oh okay,
2: <laughs> thank you. Yay, I got it!
1: I'm a Earl big boy. explains <laughs> the
0: joke. Bing. That's your new segment. Earl explains the joke.
1: <sighs> okay, so um
0: That I might make a drop for. That would be really amusing. <laughs> Earl just, explains I, the joke.
1: So the the aliens here, I thought that they I never remember
0: seeing their face. I think they would have been remained
1: more creepy if you never saw their face.
0: I believe the same is true. I think if we hadn't seen them, it would have been a lot more menacing. I Mm -hmm. I am a little uh, stymied as to why they went in the direction of actually showing them, but I guess Mm -hmm. it was to make them, you know, come off as more real. I suppose that was.
1: Yeah. Plus, I mean, the show's only rated TV PG, it's not rated PG. 12 or whatever the tv yeah.
0: maybe, the, of PG. maybe the faceless aliens would have been more menacing so they more
1: too they, menacing for the episode yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Because, so maybe uh, the, it's not a horror show mm-hmm. yeah were there the, the, horror shows time,
1: back in this day sure there were i mean when yeah. buffy the Vamp- vampire slayer started i always around. thought that was like a
0: dramedy somehow or am i thinking of carlarsa no not clarissa sabrina Sabrina was more of a dramedy. Sabrina explains it all. Clarissa, the teenage witch. <laughs> 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 like, I would like to do the show of uh, Clarissa explains it all to Sabrina, the teenage witch. Yeah. <laughs> this shot is definitely HD. Dude, the This doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely HD, and it's definitely not CGI. I think i mean it's gorgeous like i'm used to the enterprise always looking better as a model but it also looked yeah, like it looks different as a cgi model like on um, picard that is huh. clearly a CGI. like it's clearly a different model i can't say it's clearly a cgi model but it's definitely more metallic to me okay. and it looks heavier and solid and this one Resident is like for some reason, model this one looks like soft and like just like warm to the touch <laughs> yeah and like See, the, enterprise, the enterprise the enterprise from picard looks cold to the touch okay somehow like if i were to touch it, oh like you like metal, out, metal and if okay. i touch the enterprise face. D oh. that i'm used to it would be like warm and plasticky you know oh
1: right okay oh. what what did you think of the teaser of this episode i mean i thought it was very confusing it was just
0: saying we're nearing a globular cluster
1: no the actual teaser right up until the cut for the credits it was the whole bit right up until Riker goes to... No. Yeah. Okay, so they... Nothing really happened in the teaser of this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is the thing about uh, Star Trek The Next Generation is that sometimes the episode opens and it seems like nothing's really going on at all. Yeah. Like, But the setup of this episode was the LaForge is creating a new sensor array. So that's what I, I forgot. Well, I, like, I... I don't know if I forgot or I never noticed, but this whole episode yeah. was about... Jordy's new sensor array that failed, which is what got me on the thing about like, does does Jordy have like some successes that he's done? Like, what has he done that's so great that puts him on the Enterprise? You know, like so uh, the here's oh okay. so here's another reason why. So you're saying he you failed best... at this? Well, yeah, his his sensor array, his sensor it... array pierced a subspace domain domain and disturbed aliens that kidnapped the crew. Like,
1: yeah, but that's not a failure. That's an inadvertent uh side effect where it worked. It did what they wanted it to do. What did it do? It, oh, right. they had
0: a 26% greater sensor input. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: Um, but un- unfortunately, it had the effect of tra- attracting the aliens.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. the subspace aliens. Now, <laughs> they might aliens- find
1: a way to maybe, add, later on, add some
0: shielding to prevent that from yeah. happening. So here's the thing. Uh, There's a series of novels that happens you know, I guess in response, in in a way, to this episode. Okay. Uh, and those novels, I feel like they're Voyager novels. Okay. Uh, but they could be next generation. I don't really remember uh, because it's sort, of like, it's sort of like a lot of the novels uh, post, you know, between when the, you know, in the time when the, the series was off the air and oh. when Star Trek came back, uh, there was a lot of crossover. So, like, yeah. sometimes uh, in my memory, the crews can... Blend or shift, yeah. as as my mind wills them to. But anyway, or, there was an image like with the with who ahead. with these uh, subspace aliens, and they were called because they were solanogen based aliens, is what was determined in this episode. And from that, the author created these uh, solenai, is what they were called, and they lived in this discrete subspace domain, this discrete ter- discrete tertiary subspace domain. Mm-hmm. And there was some sort of there was some sort of uh, menace they were fleeing in their own subspace domain so the reason they were kidnapping the people from the enterprise was they were trying to see how they worked right and okay. so they they did so that they could uh, bring themselves into our domain because their domain was becoming uninhabitable for them and okay. they were dying off so they were trying to figure out what how we work and then create a pocket of... They, so they created a pocket of our space and their space, figured out how to go into it, mm-hmm. and then they were going to create a pocket of their space and our space for them to live in. And I think by the end of the of the, you know, uh, story about them in the novels, they had created, like, their own their own pocket to live in peacefully,
1: I, I think. Okay. Well, yeah, that's one thing that's kind of struck me about this episode is they didn't try to... They just treated them as a threat. And they just, like... There was no... Yeah, there was no attempt to make contact. Riker's just straight up. No, these guys are bad. We need to squash them.
0: Sure. I mean, I get their perspective. Like they, they, all they're doing is kidnapping people. Like they don't have a greater context.
1: When Riker says they're more more than simply curious, I disagree. I think that they were just, well, maybe more in the regard that yeah, they're looking for a place to live in their you know in some other for part of space, but they're not being. Nefarious about their actions. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, it depends on the perspective. Like, from, yeah. from, 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 uh, I was about to call them Please. breaks. From Riker's perspective, uh, they're menacing. Like, yeah, they were menacing because they came in and they caught a piece of, they keep kidnapping him and not letting him sleep and not letting him, like, get good sleep so he could be, like, ready yeah. for work and ready for life. And they caught his arm and reattached it without his permission or knowledge. Like, I, that's pretty invasive. Like, that seems menacing and, and, and more than curious
1: hmm the other thing i wanted to point out what happened when the spanish first invaded well came in and investigated the uh south american tribes and then they came back years later uh what in what had happened to the the span or the uh south americans in the meantime what if Riker and ensign R- rager uh, got some sort of some subspace smallpox, like the Spanish gave to the natives of South America. And that's why there was no resistance when they got back.
0: Okay. Yes, perhaps that.
1: I, I think that there's so many loop, so many o- open threads that they could have pulled on, on this, at the end of this episode. Plus, they did the uh, point, ball of pointy light bright light thing again, too. It just disappears, and nothing ever happens of it again, but...
0: They did. Um, I didn't really understand why it needed to be a ball of a, a little ball of light. That didn't really make sense to me. I don't know because it wasn't. It was like a, a subspace rift. So why would a subspace rift then turn into a little ball that seemed like a child that had been birthed by <laughs> Deanna Troy? I didn't, I didn't quite get that. Well, um, why was it a spore- I don't think I don't think the subspace rift
1: away. turned into that. I think they sent like a probe through just uh, at the last second. Okay,
0: that that makes sense. Well. I think we've reached the end of our Halloween episode. Uh, sure. So I, that was fun. That was the scariest episode yeah. of Star Trek, ever, as determined by <laughs> as determined by an independent per- di- diunal of uh, of <laughs> of Jack Torino and, and Earl Gray. And we sincerely hope that you enjoyed our show.
1: I I mean I'm pretty sure that uh, our producer said point point foot. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Uh, until next time, stay positive, dream big, and we will—you'll hear from us again soon.
0: Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Trex is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at Let'STalkAboutTrex.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kako's Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.